The book of Titus again this evening, Titus chapter number one, and uh, we look forward to what God has for us from his word tonight, and I want to be helpful and very practical this evening, and I believe uh, this will uh, be a help to us. We'll be Titus chapter number one. Of course, we were uh, in Titus one again uh, this uh, morning, and uh, we look forward to uh, what God has for us this evening. And I do continue to pray uh, for our nation. I do want us to keep our focus on God, focus on the Word of God. And I've done my best as your pastor to try over the last couple of years keep our focus on God. And I was thinking this week, and certainly uh, the, the ruling about the Supreme Court is, is, is a big deal. And uh, I, I think if you had uphold the average American uh, with the administration that we have, the climate that we have, uh, the culture that we have, uh, it would come as a surprise that this happened under this watch. But let me remind you, God's in complete control. And uh, God, it's God's people uh, that uh, I don't think it was a political victory. I think it was an answer to God's people's prayers. Uh, for for years and decades, and so don't give up hope uh, because uh, God is in complete control, and uh, I, I certainly want us to make a difference in this world. It's a statement I make often, the darker the day, the brighter the light, and so let's uh, make sure that we do our part to let our light shine. <clears throat> I'm going to take the time this, this evening to read the entire chapter of Titus 1 once again tonight, so follow along with me beginning with verse number 1. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, and hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Christians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed the Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. We're going to look at several things in this chapter once again this this evening. But look with me in verse number 5. Of course, Paul is writing to his son of faith, Titus. Uh, The pastoral epistles, Timothy and Titus, 
these are two young men uh, who Paul had a great influence in their life. And you think uh, Paul several times uh, sent Timothy. You think back to our series on ministry companions, if you can remember that. There were times when uh, Paul gave Timothy uh, these instructions, but it's also true of Titus. Uh, and he tells Titus in verse number five, for this cause left I thee in Crete. And I want you to notice uh, he's going to now tell him and define for him that cause. And so those first three words, for this cause. Uh, that's the title of the message tonight. And I want to take <clears throat> some time. <clears throat> I believe we can apply this uh, to our current situation, to our life in a way that we can continue to make a difference in our world. Father, help us tonight as we uh, consider your word, we consider this passage of scripture. Uh, Father, I'm, I'm thankful for the Bible. I'm thankful for uh, the pattern it gives us. I think, I'm thankful that the Bible is the discerner of all things. <clears throat> May we look at your word tonight and allow it to help us uh, how, so that we can make a difference. May your church stay faithful. May your church stay true. And uh, Father, may we uh, seek to honor you with everything that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Titus is an interesting uh, passage, uh, book of the Bible. It's, it's, it's a shorter book of the Bible. So many wonderful truths in the book of Titus, so much instruction. As we look at <clears throat> what Paul is writing to Timothy, he says, For this cause left I thee in Crete. Paul is leaving, sending, and leaving uh, Timothy, uh, Titus in Crete. Paul had a couple of interactions uh, with Crete. Uh, he was familiar with uh, the people of Crete. And so he is telling them, he's going to give him some instruction, remind him of why he is there. I remind you that Paul is going to be used by God uh, to help get the gospel uh, to the world, the Gentile people. Uh, think of Timothy. Timothy was, uh, he had one parent that was Jewish, one parent that was Gentile. Titus was 100% Gentile. And God is going to use Titus in Crete. He says, left I thee in Crete. Now, we get a glimpse of, of course, Crete is an island, and we get a glimpse of the people of Crete. Notice in verse number 12, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. Um, that's not very flattering to speak of the Christians. Um, I'm sure when Titus, after he was saved and he surrendered to the will of God and surrendered to call to preach and was ordained and commissioned and uh, Paul, the apostle, sends him to Crete, maybe Titus thought, what in the world did I do wrong that you would send me to people that are liars Always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. Crete had issues. The Christian people uh, had problems. Uh, there was even a saying in that time that uh, when you're talking about somebody who is a liar, it was be said that they lie as Christians lie. They were just known to be liars. Uh, and obviously this made them prey and susceptible to the, the Judaizers and those that would come in and lie to them concerning doctrine that was not true. It says they were evil beasts and slow bellies. These were gluttonous people. They were lazy people. Uh, they were people who were lustful. 
And this is where Paul is leaving Titus. Now, Titus certainly made a difference, and we're going to see the instruction that Paul gives Titus to those people. I, say, I, say, I lay that groundwork to, to remind us of this. We live in a, a day where we could look at our own society and our own culture, and we could say the same thing. We would read about the Christians and say, oh, those liars. Well, our society, those lazy people, those, those slow bellies, those evil beasts. Well, if you didn't know better, you'd think that he was writing about our society. And they're lustful people, and they will look you in the face and just lie to you. Yeah, well, look at the world that we live in. And I, and, I, and I think this will be helpful to us tonight in a summer Sunday night to remind us that no matter how difficult the circumstances, what the society, what society, where society stands, the character and the nature of people, um, the gospel is still the gospel that we preached about this morning. Uh, that is still the message, and there's still a difference that you and I can make. Uh, the, the, evil, the evil of people is not a good excuse for us not to be what we're supposed to be, for us to have ministry that we're supposed to have. So for this cause, this is why I am leaving you in Crete. I, I like to make this application to you and I. This is why God's got us where he's got us. How many of you are saved tonight? All right, that's good. How many of you have a, I want you to raise your hand. How many of you have a desire for you to live, live as God wants you to live, to do the will of God? Is that you tonight? Okay. You know, God could have put, you know, this, why, if we're saved, uh, God wants us with him. In his mind, we're already in heaven, positionally. He leaves us here to fulfill his will. God could have put us anywhere. But here we are in Jacksonville, Florida. It's part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Some might say, I don't know how I ended up here. How in the world did I get to Florida? Maybe you were born here and you just, you never left. Well, for this cause, there is a reason why God has assembled us all here. There is a reason why God has put us here to do his work. Let me give you the outline tonight. I think this will be very practical, but will be very helpful. I want you to notice, number one, the need for this cause Notice the need in verse number five. For this cause left out the increase, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. And the reason why he was leaving him in Crete is because there's there was a need. There were some things that needed to be set in order. There were some things that were lacking. It was important to God that things that should be in order be set in order. And by the way, this is a reminder to you and I, God is an orderly God. And there are a certain way that God, things that God wants. This book is important. It's not, well, <coughs> how are we going <coughs> to, you know, do things in our church? And how are we, we going to do uh, ministry? How are we going to do all those things? Let's, let's see what the most popular thing out there. No, God wants certain things in order. And God does hold his people accountable. He does hold his church accountable. He says, I want you to set some things in order because things are lacking. Well, it's our responsibility to make sure when it comes to things of God that there's not, we're not lacking. It's not God's will for the church to be lacking. 
uh, in, in, in ability, lacking in structure, lacking in spirituality, lacking in the things that are necessary. And there was a need he was leaving him behind because, uh, leaving him in Crete because uh, there, according to God's word, there were things that needed attention and things the way God wanted them to be done. This is a good reminder for you and I that God has a pattern and we're to follow it. God has instruction and we're supposed to do it. Certainly in our own nation, there are some things that are lacking. In our own nation, there's, and, and, and I think it's time that uh, we change our mentality a little bit when it comes to God's church. And I'm, I'm thankful for uh, the missionaries that we support. We'll have another family here on uh, Sunday morning. I'm thankful for those who we've sent out of our church. I'm thankful for those. Uh, but uh, those of us that are left behind, if you will, that God keeps here, we live in a mission field. We're still part of God's church. There are still some things that need to be in order. There's still, we, we want to make sure that there's things that are not lacking. And there was a need that was there. So I want us to see that, number one. Number two, we'll move quickly tonight. I want us to see the expectation, which is found in verses, uh, the, we see the end of verse number five. He says, and the things that are wanting and ordained elders in every city as I had pointed thee. He's given instruction. Verse six, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. There were expectations, or as we could say, spiritual qualifications for those that would be the elder, be the pastor. He says, I want you to set these things up. There's things that are lacking. You know what we need? We need spiritual men to lead. We need spiritual leaders in the church. We need spiritual men of God who are going to lead God's people, lead God's church. And one of the things that Satan has done in our society, he has broken down uh, the expectation. It's still the same in God's book. The expectation for spiritual leadership. The, the pastor of the church, the Bible elder, if you will, it, there are qualifications for that. And that's one of the problems with this contemporary movement is it says, well, everybody's the same. Absolutely everybody's the same. I was preaching on the common salvation this morning. But it's not unreasonable for God's people to expect their pastor, their leader, to meet certain qualifications. And by the way, if, if you want to be used in a greater way, we might have to raise our standard of living. Well, I'd like to do something in the church, but I just don't know if I want to grow. You're going to have to grow. Um, let me go through these very quickly because I, don't have, I want to always teach you what God expects of your pastor. I'm going to teach you what God expects of you. I plan on being your pastor for a long, 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 I'm just... I'm just talking about how, how long the day feels when I'm dealing with you. Long, no. But I want you to know what God expects of the pastor. Um, it says, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, nor striker, not given to filthy lucre. We're blameless. He ought to have a close relationship with God. He ought to be moral. There shouldn't be um, accusations to stick. You've got to be a moral man. You say, well, of course, Pastor, but we live in a day when that's not expected, that's not required. As the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry. Um, 
He ought to be somebody who doesn't have a quick temper, not given to wine. Boy, it's amazing to me how amongst even Baptist churches, and it was always the, well, the Baptists aren't, the Baptists are going to be against alcohol. The Baptists are going to be about, well, one or two things are changing. People are either dropping their Baptist name or uh, they are, uh, they are changing what God has intended. And uh, no, I don't think social drinking is something that the pastor should do or a Christian should do. Um, no striker. Um, I'll give you the definition in a moment, but basically I, I liken that to just not being a jerk. Uh, somebody who is not, um, um, I don't want to say confrontational, but somebody uh, who is, who is uh, not offensive not given to filthy lucre, um, not in, in it for the money or for what they can gain, a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, serious-minded, just, holy, temperate, have self-control. Um, there are expectations that Paul speaks to, to Titus of and reminds Titus of. These are ex, expectations of these men who are going to be established, put in place by Titus, having been sent there by Paul, uh, to make a difference. <clears throat> um, we need to have a day, in a, a day when God's men are holy men. They are men that live with a high expectation. We live in a day, let me live as low as I can live. And by the way, uh, you know, I'm the pastor of this church, and certainly these are the qualifications uh, that's expected of me. But let me just say, uh, we need a day when God's people raise the expectations of their own living. Um, there's nothing wrong with living at a higher standard. Matter of fact, there's, there's, there's a lot right about it. Well, I just don't, well, well why don't you show, you know, I can show you, Things, commands in Scripture, I can show you Bible principles, but how about we just live at a higher le uh, level so that I can be an example, so that I can set the expectation. So there was an expectation uh, on Titus that he should fulfill. Uh, there was an expectation uh, for his living and those that were going to make a difference, and holy living is going to make a difference. Uh, it's, it's in, uh, in, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I referenced the uh, Supreme Court ruling this week on, uh, this week in, in, in on uh, the fact that abortion and murdering your unborn child is not a constitutionally protected right. And of course it is not. It never was. It was never intended to be. And sadly, there are a lot of churches, these emergent churches, and I've taught on this in the past, that they're okay with that. They embrace that. There are a lot of preachers and there's a lot of Christians who've lowered the standard of holiness and living and have become not just tolerant, but uh, encouraging in immorality. And the result is what we see in our nation. So what is the, what is the answer? Well, we, we've got to get a Republican back in. No, the answer is the righteousness of God's people. God will give us the, the leaders that we deserve. God will give us the, the, those that he wants us to have. It's our responsibility to be righteous. It's our responsibility to do right. And I promise you, if God's men would hold a holy standard, 
and preach a holiness, and God's people would say, that's the way we're going to live, it wouldn't matter who's in the White House. It wouldn't matter who's in Congress. I go to number three. We find the requirement for this cause. Now, we, we were, we're seeing a progression here, so I want you to stay with me. There's a need. There's some things that need to be set in order. The Paul, he writes for this cause, he goes right into, here's expectations. Titus, here's what I expect of you. And that, as he sees the expectations, why is that important? Because look at verse number 9. We find the requirement, holding fast. The faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Now this is key. This is important. You and I, we know this is a good reminder of what is priority, what is important. He says the requirement is holding fast the faithful word. We have a responsibility as God's people to hold to the word of God. To hold to the things uh, of Scripture. Uh, God's word is still settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Uh, God's word has been established. You and I are to hold to it. If you walk away from the things of God, you're walking away from the word of God. We are to hold to the word of God. Christian, how tight, how firm is your grip on your Bible? I'm not talking about right now that sits in your lap. I'm talking about in your life. See, I've, I've had conversations with uh, family. I've had conversations with <clears throat> those that have been friends, and they have changed their position on the Bible. And they have let go of the faithful word. Now, I want you to understand something. I want you to see the faithful word. This Bible has never been unfaithful to me. The truths in this book have never been unfaithful. Uh, they have never failed me. Oh, and blame, blame, blame the Scripture and blame the Bible and blame righteousness. No, that's, a, that's the faithful word. The Bible doesn't leave you. You leave the Word of God. And I'm thankful as a young man it was preached to me and it was emphasized to me. You make up your mind that you're going to hold to the Bible no matter what. You know, these that, though, so many that I know that have changed their position on the Bible, either it's, is it really God's word or, or is it really perfect or, or is it, should it really have the priority in our lives? Let's sit down and discuss this. I can't sit down and discuss it with you. Can't we just have fellowship to the best that we can, but the moment you bring it up and attack my Bible, this is something I'll die for. I, I'm not going to die for the colors of the paint on the wall. I'm sorry, it's not that important to me. There's certain things that I'm, but I'll tell you what I will die for. I'm going to, I'll die for this book. I'm not going to let go of the word of God. I must hold to it. Now, all that sounds real good, but it comes down to the living. It comes down to the stand. It comes down to us holding fast the faithful word. Notice what the Bible says, as he hath been taught. Um, young people need to be reminded of this. Many of you have, you're, you're, you're adults now, you got families now, you grew up in this ministry. Um, for decades, this book has been preached. You were taught right. Let me say that again. You were taught right. Uh, 
just because um, you may not want to always do what the Bible tells you to do doesn't mean you were taught wrong. Just because life got difficult doesn't mean you were taught wrong. You were taught right. Well, if you, there, there and, I, and, and I wasn't intending to say this, but I just feel led to say it tonight and maybe go down this path a little bit. Those that give up the truth and they were raised as a Bible-believing Baptist and now there's something else. God puts that in a whole different category, apostasy. He does not treat that as ignorance. He's a gracious and he's long-suffering. And I'm thankful for that. We ought to hold fast to the faithful word. Well, and there's this lie that's being told, and even if it was true, I wouldn't change. Well, people just can't handle today the just the preaching of the word of God and all that, all that, all that, all that, that dogma and all of that. That this is the way it is, friend. This is the word of God. A great price has been paid so we can have the word of God. You and I are to be faithful to hold to it. Now, why would he tell him that? Let me remind you that he's going to say, now, there's some liars there. Those that do evil. The Christians, you know about them. You know what you're going to need to do? You're going to need to hold fast to that Bible. You know what you and I need to do in this world we live in? We need to hold fast to the Word of God. The most important thing we have is this book. That's what he says. He says, as you've been taught, this is important, that he may be able by sound doctrine. If you underline your Bible, you've got to underline those two words, sound doctrine. We live in a day when people want to disregard sound doctrine. If you have different philosophy, I'll use that word than me, I will not separate from you. If you have different ideas and opinions. But when you mess with doctrine, it doesn't matter if you're an independent Baptist like I am by, by your own declaration, I will separate from you. I have a responsibility that we'll see to warn people about you. He's in, instructing Titus to even rebuke because of sound doctrine. Friend, what this Bible teaches is what we need to know. It's what we live by. Doctrine is important. Now, you ought to choose a church to be part of a church based on the doctrine that's preached. Now, I know you enjoy the benefits of my winning personality and, and all that comes with that, but I hope you're here because of the doctrine. I mean, I expected a different response than that, but uh, the sound doctrine. Now, notice what he says, and sometimes, because Paul writes to his other son in the faith, Timothy, and says people are going to reject sound doctrine. They're not going to want it. They're going to want their ears tickled. They're going to want the fables to be told to them. He tells Titus, you hold to the sound doctrine. Because the do sound doctrine is what's going to make a difference amongst the Christians. You know what would make a difference amongst our nation? Sound doctrine. Notice what it says. It says, may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince. You know what sound doctrine is supposed to do? It's supposed to exhort, it's supposed to encourage. It's supposed to challenge. 
but it's also supposed to convince. He's saying Titus as a elder, as a pastor, as a missionary, as somebody who's sent there, you hold the sound doctrine. Um, it's more important than anything else. You exhort with it. You preach that doctrine. Uh, I'm, an, I'm a Baptist, and I make no apologies for that because I believe it's right doctrinally. Say, so what is your job, to make everybody a Baptist? Well, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to make anybody anything, but in the context of what, you're, what that question, absolutely. Because it's right. It's doctrinally right. You say, do you think only Baptists are going to heaven? No, I don't think only Baptists are going to heaven. I preached on this morning, common salvation. Anybody who trusts Christ is going to heaven. But if we're going to make a difference and we're going to be doctrinally right, we have to obey the doctrines of this book. So I'm going to exhort that we hold to the doctrines um, and to convince the gainsayers uh, through exhortation and try to convince them that this is right. It is not time for us to say, well, can't we just all get along? It's time for us to take the doctrine of the Word of God that he's, he's given us, and we live at a higher standard. We teach it. We preach it so that the work of God and the doctrine itself can convince others that this is right. Um, but we've got to hold fast to it. We've got to not let it go. Um, I want you to know why you are what you are. And the only way to do that is to for the Bible to tell us. Uh, doctrinally, we must be right. Um, then number four, and finally, it gets us to the goal. Why should we hold to the faith? Why is there an expectation? Why are we exhorting and we convincing? Look at verse number 13. This witness is true. I don't know if God intended for this to be a little bit comical, but to me it is. He says, one of themselves, one of their own, I mean, it's not what other people say in verse number 12, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, the Christians are always, I can imagine some poor uh, uh, child of God who's trying to do his best saying, and these Christians like, let me just tell you about my people. One of their own saying, they're just nothing but liars. They, they, they are evil beasts. Slow bellies. Paul writes, this witness is true. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. This is, this is the way they are. Because of that, notice what he says, wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. What is the goal? For men and women to be sound in the faith. We should not be blown about by every wind of doctrine. Every new truth that comes along is not a truth at all. To be sound in the faith. For every head of household, for every mom and dad, husband and wife, your goal ought to be for your family, your home to be sound in the faith. As an individual Christian, you want to be sound in the faith. That is the goal. Pastor, why do you preach the Bible? Why do you, why do you say some of the things you already said about the Bible, how you're not leaving it, you're not changing it, and, and the doctrine you believe? Why? Because we, the goal is to be sound in the faith. We've got to get this mindset out of our, get this think, thinking, this thought process out of our mind 
We know we're right. We know we have the truth. We know we have a God who's given us salvation, given us His Word. But the goal has never been, never been to be popular. The goal is never to even be the majority. The goal is to hold to the truth and proclaim it. And when the power of the, the, the Spirit of God, let Him do His work. I want the Emmanuel Baptist Church to grow, and I praise the Lord that it is growing. But it's, his, it's Christ's church. He's the one that builds it. How does He build it? We hold to the truth. We preach the truth. Why? Because we want people to be sound in the faith. This is, the, this is, this is sound. This is, this is sad. This is tragic. And we ought to be determined to be sound in the faith because it pleases God. Everybody with me on that? Let me warn you of a danger of giving up the faith. One, God's going to hold you accountable. It's a verse sometimes we don't like to hear because of we want to compromise our own life. But who much is given, much is required. But if we give up the faith, what are your children going to have? What are your grandchildren going to have? And this is a little side note, a rabbit trail, if you want to call it that. But I'm old enough now to look back on positions that I've taken, even with my own children, and things I don't want them to be a part of, associations I don't want them to have, and things I'll show them, conversations I have with them at home. I know they say are this, they are this, but I'm not comfortable with it. So therefore, you're never going in that direction. You're never going to that so-called college. You're never going to. The, you're never going to be associated. You're never going to do it. And, and sometimes they don't understand. But you know what? I'm going to fight those battles because I don't want my grandchildren to be non-denominational. That's what happens. We give up sound doctrine. I, it, it pains me to think that I may have grandchildren or great-grandchildren one day that may go off in another direction. That's not what I want. Now, I can't decide for them, but I certainly don't want that on my conscience. And if you give it up, and, and, and I'm not trying to, 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 to open any wounds for anybody tonight because all of us know somebody who's gone astray. But you stay where you are, you hold to the faith, and you don't compromise the truth of God's Word to satisfy anybody. Hold to the doctrine, because if anything's going to give them back, it's the sound doctrine. The truth. Because truth is truth, and truth does what only truth can do. Error betrays you, error leaves you empty, error brings consequences, but the truth of God's Word, you can, you can trust it to sustain you. But that's why it's important for us, even as the day, well, pastor, it's the day, the day we live in. Not everybody likes it. Well, Crete was a bunch of liars. Evil beast. Can you imagine that preaching today? You're a bunch of liars, you evil beast. Nothing but a slow belly. Uh, well, that was describing them, and yeah, it was true. What was the, and then how was, what was the method? What was the, to rebuke them sharply? Not, see, there's not a contradiction. He says, rebuke them sharply. He's already covered. You better be temperate, be in self-control. You, you, you better not, you better not be a striker looking to ridicule. You're looking for conflict. You better have everything under control, but you are to rebuke them sharply. With what? Sound doctrine. 
That is what a church is supposed to do. That's what a preacher is supposed to do. Preach sound doctrine. And it rebukes those that Scripture would describe as liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. Why would you do that? That's why. It's important. I know sometimes people who aren't used to church and have been in church and use the term that's used today, unchurched, and they don't know things that come in and they hear preaching like we do here. They, they see things like they hear. It's a shock to their system. But it's, why do you, don't you need to talk? No, no I want to be in self-control. I'm not looking to make anybody mad at me. But we must be rebuked sharply with what? Sound doctrine. Now, I'll use this as an illustration, and I'll start wrapping it up. Wednesday night, if you were here, I know many of you got offended by some of the football illustrations that I used. And uh, um, especially a certain fan base got, I know many of you were just offended by that. Um, I'll just say that all the Christians were Gator fans too. But anyway, you know, just, you know, just I, I don't want to offend anybody. Um, you know, I don't even know why I brought that up. I can't even remember now. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to try and, and, and very rarely do I even joke about that because I know some are depressed for three days when their teeth loses. And let me just say in that group, there's been a lot of depression lately, but anyway, I'm very slow because, I, in the grand scheme of things, I don't care about any of that. There's more important things, uh, you know, um, to, to, to be uh, a part of and excited of. And you know the fun with that. But I'm not going to rebuke anybody because of something like that. When it comes to doctrine, it's my responsibility. Um, well, they, somebody has a different opinion, and there's different opinions on different political things, and that's why I don't bring politics to the, to the pulpit, because it's sound doctrine. Um, you know, and, 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 you know I'll, I'll use the illustration tonight. I know many get up, and for two years, they've just been ripping. If, if you're a Democrat, you're going to hell. If you're doing this and this and this and this. Now, I don't think you should vote the way their platform does. But my responsibility is not to turn Democrats into Republicans. My responsibility is for people to be sound in the faith. And something tells me if people are sound in the faith, their voting is probably going to follow. And by the way, there's some Republicans I wouldn't vote for either. It's the sound doctrine. Friend, don't ever shy away from the doctrine. And it rebukes sharply. We see this progression, we see this reminder this morning. We've put the focus on eternal life, the common salvation, grace, mercy, and peace. That was the heart of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul could relate with liars. He could relate with evil beasts and slow bellies because that's what he was before Christ saved him. And we see the, and we didn't take time, we read it this morning and tonight, we're not taking time to look at all the, 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 the qualities of these false teachers and, and, and their impure hearts and the fact that they profess to know God, but they deny Him in their works, and that's certainly true of today. And why is all this important? Because people need to know the gospel. 
People need to know that Christ is the answer to their every need. And if we are going to hold to the gospel, say, well, I just, do we really need to make a big deal about doctrine? We just need to focus on reaching the world. Reaching with what? False doctrine? Reaching with what? A watered-down gospel that doesn't save? No, and, and I've, I've referenced several times tonight the, <clears throat> the recent ruling by the Supreme Court, and I praise God for that. There's been many organizations that have, that have demonstrated against abortion, and I get an invitation every year to join the local Catholic church and all the non-denominations and join together in protesting abortion. I'm against it. I hate it. I think it's evil, but I'm not putting down my doctrine because of salvation, because lost souls are at stake. We make a difference the same way Titus was going to make a difference. That's how we make a difference. We don't need to make less of our doctrine. We need to make more of it. This is the truth. I want to tell you the truth. You know, people get offended by the truth, don't they? I just can't believe how, 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 how rude they were. With uh, just Sometimes we need somebody just to tell us the truth. I think we ought to be wise in how we say it, but I think we need to hear the truth. And this world needs to hear the truth that there is one way to heaven. There is one way of doing things. And we can make a difference in our world. Now, we'll conclude in this manner tonight. For this cause. There are some things, there is a need. Some things need to be said. Our world has a great need. Um, as I've already mentioned, the things that were said about the Christians can be said about our society. The truth of the matter is, the only thing that separates us is because of our salvation. That's why I don't get upset when a lost person acts like a lost person. They're unsaved. They don't have Christ. But we as saved people shouldn't be living like unsaved people. We ought to be proclaiming the truth. We ought to be living it. We ought to hold ourselves to a high standard. Not, not for anything other than it glorifies God. But it allows us when we make that presentation. Let me just very simply ask you, and you answer this question to yourself, and you're honest, you're going to come to the same conclusion that I have come to. In preaching the gospel, what is, let me say the best way to word this, what is the most believable method? What is the most um, serious, the lost are going to take it more serious with somebody who, decides that they're going to live by a higher standard because they're preaching that book, or to some guy that's working too hard to be a dude. You know, he's 50 years old, trying to look like he's in a boy band. And, man, I'm just, our pastor is just, he is hip. That's what y'all say, I know, but I'm just, I'm just an illustration. Uh, he is, no, there ought to be a high standard. Why? Because we're preaching this book. I'm not supposed to win men to me. I'm, I'm not supposed to be hospitable. I'm suppo not supposed to be a striker. I'm supposed to do all the things. But more importantly than that is to proclaim the doctrine of this book. We're the hold fast to it. How, 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 how's your grip on the faithful word? Which Bible's never let me down. It's from this Bible I learned of salvation.
this Bible has gotten through, got me through some of the darkest days of my life. This Bible has given me direction in my home. This Bible gives me hope in a world full of turmoil. This Bible reminds me that the day is coming when Jesus is calling us home. This Bible reminds me that I ought to live now to lay up treasure for the future. This Bible tells me that in a hopeless world, there's still the hope of the gospel. This Bible has never failed me. If you're honest tonight, it's never failed you either. Why would we let it go? I've heard of, and I've, I've referenced this several times, and, and, uh, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, of course, but you know, I've heard, well, finally, we, we're getting back to the Constitution. And as a student of our, our history, a lot of our problems today would be solved if we would get back to the Constitution. Get back to what was written. The Constitution, look what it did for us. Look what that, our, our founding of our nation and how it was founded. If we would just do what our founders had established everything would be okay. And I'm, as an American, let's get back to the Constitution. Let's get back to those founding principles. Let's get back to the way that it was intended. But don't you think it'd be a good idea to translate that amongst Christians? If we just get back to the Bible, if we just get back to what God intended, if we just get back to what God has said, well, what do I do with my home? Let's see what God has said. How do I have a good marriage? Let's see what God has said. How do I rear my children? Let's see what God has said. What are we supposed to do as a church? Let's see what God has said. How am I supposed to live as a Christian? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I read a Facebook poll that says this is a, I don't care what a Facebook poll says. I only care what the faithful word says. If we would just get back to the Bible, we'd be doctrinally right. When I hear somebody who's changing their doctrine, I'm like, you didn't get out of the Bible. Pastor, I don't understand why you take such a hard line on that. Because they didn't get it from this. And if it didn't come from the Word of God, it's not going to help people know how to get to heaven. They're going to be deceived. It may not happen even in this generation, but there's a generation that's going to come behind them that will not know the truth of this book because we didn't hold fast to the doctrine. We didn't rebuke sharp. This is important. Uh, let's hold to our faith. It makes a difference. Next time you're like, man, our, our look at our society. Look at our country, how far we've gone. Just think of Crete. And even one of them's like, let me just tell you about my people. Um, it was true. What was the solution? Same as the solution is today. Let's apply this. Father, I pray that you use your word.